Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, or as always, whenever you're listening to us, it's uh, just Mike and Jim here today, so the only two people that are completely unfiltered in the group. David and Graham have gone off in their vehicles to go and find a local beauty spot and sit in the car park <laughs> and go dog walking or something similar. Anyway, Jim, how are you? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, well, I don't really know anymore, to be honest. It's, it's just been another one of those years, but I, uh, I think I'm okay. I'm, uh, I'm relatively well. I've got my jab booked for later on in the week, so... Fingers crossed my arm doesn't fall off. I'm just a bit happier that things are opening up slowly but surely and, uh, and things are looking a bit more positive and the weather's nicer, which is always good. Well, it's nicer today. It's been raining biblically up until this point. Yeah, it has, which is uh, which is irritating, really, because regular listeners to the podcast will know the uh, the weekend just gone should have been my day out in a caterham having a, uh, a go in uh, one of those and seeing what that was like. But uh, unfortunately, the weather forecast was, was really just a rain forecast. It was not not a case of when will it rain and will it rain but just how much it would rain for any given hour of the day so uh, the test drive was called off which was a bit irritating so I've, uh, I've rebooked that for at some point next month and we'll um fingers crossed for slightly nicer weather and fingers crossed when it all locked down again but you can't do a lot about the weather can you so but we can now book to do things which is good so you and i have talked about thruxton haven't we uh, yes we have we, we got as far as looking at the page on the website and the, the tab's still open on my computer actually and then we um, we decided we'd uh, we'd try and book that if we can not not quite sure how well the uh, the fist will get on with thruxton but i think as once you get it wound up to speed it'll probably be okay won't it but there's only one way to find out how it goes isn't it and that's to uh, to get out there and get stuck in i think we'd have to try not breaking i think that's the answer we've got a spare engine the only irritant will be that will be a few hundred miles away from the spare engine if the engine blows up but hey and it does take a few minutes to fit an engine so that is a problem um yes we are going to go to a supercar track day. Yes, we are. We're, we're off to, well, ad- annoyingly, we're, we're slightly double booked with work and, and the yeah, supercar track Sorry. day. They're, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's slightly irritating, but at least uh, at least they're both in the same town. We're at, uh, at a car show. Uh, well, it's a boat show, isn't it? But I think we're showing off cars at a boat show. We are, because that's what you do. No, we're showing off cars, that's it, Uh, at a uh, a boat show in Chichester, but just down the road at Goodwood is, I think, the first track day of the year for Peter Saywell and his supercar collection, so great cause, you know, great charities, he's... um, Rumbly for many many years and yeah that's it's it's nice too many supercar collections get squirreled away and locked in a barn never to be driven or seen again um whereas his all of his come out on a regular basis to play don't they and uh and for charity um, as well yeah yeah it's just you 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 know you pitch up and you chuck some money in a in a jar and you get taken out in the cars all day and it's 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 just a good cause so uh looking forward to that so i think we're gonna do we're gonna split it aren't we and do do a morning at the track and and i'll do the show in the afternoon and then vice versa so that'll be a good day out i think yeah dare i say it we're more interested in in uh in going out watching supercars blatter around perhaps than we are going to work i'm sure both will be fantastic but nevertheless probably slightly but the well the, the the show's open on saturday and sunday so there are two days of the boat show but there's only one day of the supercars so yeah i think i know where our focus will be on the saturday without a doubt and then assuming that you don't need to have some sort of amphibious vehicle we're going to go to caterham at the end of may 
for an open day at Caterham in Gatwick. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yes, that looks like a, a nice day out, doesn't it? Again, weather dependent. It uh, might be a bit of a, a washout if the weather's rubbish, but fingers crossed for a, a glorious sunny day. So the weather tends to work out well for these things miraculously one way or another doesn't it so fingers mm. crossed and then goodwood again for retro rides if you're into your 70s 80s that kind of stuff that's going on down there same weekend uh, end of may so there's there's a bit going on are you taking your retro ride for that or is that is that still uh... no i'm not <laughs> my, my... <laughs> is that a sore point <clears throat> I'm not sure it's a sore point, but I'm kind of in that uh, in for a penny, in for a pound kind of scenario at the moment. So you may or may not have seen on our, our YouTube channels and look that up, UK Motor Talk, that I am ripping apart the onion. So it is in a state of undress at the moment. Uh, the front end, or at least all the suspension bits on the front end are missing or possibly in a bucket or in the bin. I came across a set of BBSRA wheels, which are kind of the same ones that used to get on Mark two golf gti's if you remember those very well the sort of uh, lattice snowflake whatever you want to call them type wheels and they were pretty much the same as i had on the onion when it was new but these are an inch bigger and it's quite unusual to find them in the right uh, the right stud pattern so i decided that i needed to fit and these an, wheels an inch does make all the difference doesn't it? It, it that is the difference between a grin and a smile an inch um <laughs> but to get these wheels to fit the brakes are just a bit too big because they only just cleared what was there before so i've had to machine the wheels i've sent them away to be refurbished twice because they did it wrong and then damaged the wheels so i've got to go to the body shop to be painted so yeah it, you know this is sort of snowballing a bit here i needed to fit a slightly smaller brake setup from um a, a sierra cosworth and then whilst I was at it, I figured, well, I need to change the hubs because I drilled the old ones out to fit the new brakes. So, oh, well, whilst I'm doing that, I might as well get them powder coated. And whilst I'm getting that powder coated, I might as well get the roll bar powder coated. And then once I had those bits off, I looked at the steering. And I was like, well, that's kind of a mess, isn't it? So I've bought new bits for that and it's just gone on and on and on. And I've spent £80 in bolts and all of a sudden, well, it's not that the... the the bottom of my pockets dropped out. I think the bottom of my bottoms dropped out. Everything's fallen out all over the place now. So we've got bits everywhere. There's a whole load of work to do. And the car is just, well, a car in bits takes up the space of seven cars, doesn't it? But do you have any car parts either in the dishwasher or in the bath being cleaned? Well, I don't really want to speak up just in case Mrs G can hear. Um, but the dishwasher is fantastic for doing things like cylinder heads. Uh, and I have got a header tank, which I need to put in there because it's got a little bit of rust from the radiator. I've got a new one of those as well, obviously, because why not wash around it? Um, but the good news is once all this is done, it's all powder coated. And I've put the car back together. The, the new tyres are on the rims and she's sat on the deck. The only thing I need to sort out is the rest of the car because the engine doesn't work properly because it cuts out when you approach a junction. That's an issue. So watch my little vlog on our um, YouTube channel. And you can see what it is that I'm up to. I have decided to build a new engine for the car or rebuild an engine. Well, I think I have. People are trying to talk me out of this. The transmission's staying and I'm going to have to look at engine management. But I talk about all of that in detail on our YouTube channel. So head over there and take a look. So talking of the, uh, the gulf between the expectations and the reality of your retro ride... We've, uh, we can shuffle smoothly onto nice. the retro golf livery that McLaren have, uh, have announced in the last couple of days. I mean, they, they did a, a bit of a social media build-up and teasers and things like that, didn't they? And then, bang, hit everybody with the baby blue and orange golf livery. 
and and just wow, what a thing! That's I I genuinely that that's about as close to your jaw will hit the floor when you see what the new McLaren looks like clickbaity article. That's about as close as my jaw hitting the floor has ever got to, and that's it's it's quite a thing, isn't it? Well, it definitely gives you the fizz, doesn't it? In all the right places, that one. When it comes up to to livery launch season, I think we said this in our in our. F1 preview podcast or the section of the podcast where we slightly previewed the F1 whichever way you want to look at it we uh, we said that you know there's loads of uh, livery designers on Twitter that would post a load of things and you get slightly annoyed with the teams because you think well if if this guy can do this why why can't you just do that or why don't you just mm. get that guy to do your livery and say right do that but this this is one of those liveries where I think the entire internet has exploded with positivity for it because it just looks phenomenal it's absolutely Mm. glorious but i love the fact they've gone the whole hog and you know they're doing the race trucks and the overalls for the drivers and you know the drivers will have special helmet designs and this that the other it's it's just wonderful but i think for an event like monaco something like that should almost be i don't know mandatory i mean i think it it sort of opens up a, a wider discussion you know i think everybody likes it because it's different it's unusual and if things are either retro or different or unusual people like it only in small doses i think if if everything yes. was retro then that just becomes a bit too much but like a bit of pastiche uh, of it maybe yeah yeah i think something like either, i you either make monaco a retro weekend and let's face it it's it's its own principality it's its own country and the guy in charge of it can do what the hell he likes so for that weekend, why not unban tobacco advertising and let everybody run retro liveries? You know, if you add JPS, Lotus colours and Rothmans, Rothmans Williams yes. and McLaren, Marlborough or Marlborough on the Ferrari or West on the, on Ferrari. the you know, yeah, Marlborough, Ferrari and, you know, West on the uh, on the McLaren, something like that. It, you know, f- fag advertising, you know, horrible, filthy, nasty, poisonous killing habit though smoking is smoking back in the day was wonderful because i adored smoking back in the day so in in the mid you know turn of the millennium 90s etc smoking was absolutely fine and totally allowed and and in the 80s it was positively good for you so if as long as you run 80s liveries with tobacco advertising it's probably good for you who knows just something like that and change change monaco a bit as as a format i mean as a race it's occasionally nail-biting towards the end if something's gone a bit awry with a a bungled pit stop or a safety car you know is he going to get past is he going to get past no is the answer he's not going to get past because nobody ever gets past at monaco especially not with the the cars the size they are so why not have it as a maybe even a non-championship or but a a time trial you know a fastest Mm. lap shootout a goodwood festival of speed type thing you build up to it throughout the weekend and and it's generally a bit of a party and retro liveries and and something like that i think maybe they should do that almost as penalties so they'll they'll do the race have the race as they normally would and then have the bonus round where they do then have a shootout but they have to weight it in such a way that it makes a big enough difference to the race that you want to be the fastest as you can be in the shootout that's just qualifying isn't it well it is but not actual qualifying (laughs) as in having i think they should do it afterwards i really do i think they should as you've suggested have a, 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 you know, a fastest stage type thing. More hmm. more rally, I suppose, inspired. Not not suggesting that you use a Formula 1 car as a rally car, but you, you know what I mean. Having that, that fastest time doesn't just secure your place on, on the grid. It's just a case of however much you 
you manage to do it in however fast you manage to go accumulates the best number of points. Almost like the race then. Well, yes, okay, fine. <laughs> but if you've got a clear track, how much faster can you go? Probably about as fast as you go in qualifying on Saturday. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> but it's, uh, no, it's, I mean, in, in all seriousness, yeah, just a, a rejig. of you know, we spoke last time about the uh, the shuffle up to sprint races and Friday evening qualifying and bits and pieces like that. And I, I think just that that difference, that variety. But I'm I'm so chuffed at, at how positively the McLaren livery's been received because it's basically just made everybody in Formula One go, that's a really good idea. We should do we should do more of that and we should do it all the time. You know, not not every race, not every weekend, etc. You know, if, if you weren't gonna do a Monaco special, you'd maybe allow one team per weekend and every team can only do it once. So you'd have ten races a year where one team ran a different livery and that would be quite nice as well. So you could either pick your home race or home race for the team, home race for the driver, whatever it is. Is this going to be like football? You have a home and away kit? Hmm. Something like that. I mean, maybe not to the stage where NASCAR is, because they, uh, I think they, they pretty much every car turns up in a different livery every weekend, depending on what's going on, doesn't it? So maybe not too much. You do still need that that core brand identity for all the cars. But, you know, to, to see the, the camouflage Red Bull from a couple of years ago, having an actual race weekend just because they can do it once a season and then go back to the normal livery. I do think that's a, that's a positive. Plus, you'll sell more merchandise, you'll sell more model cars, you'll you'll sell more bits and pieces. You could add that as downloadable content in the Formula One game and, and chuck the developers a couple of quid. So, you know, there's, there's a good revenue stream for Formula One out of this. And it's good for PR, isn't it? Everyone is talking about it. But I think my favourite thing from the whole golf event, though, is the fact that you can now buy, well, I suppose you can buy, if they're not already sold out, a 720S with the golf livery on it. And that looks great. It does. It uh, it reminds me of the uh, the original McLaren F1, and I mean, it, it, to be fair, Golf and McLaren have more of a history in in Le Mans and sports cars and things like that than they do in Formula One. I don't think they've ever done this in Formula One before, but it's it's a nod to the McLaren heritage, isn't it? But it reminds me of um, Golf, McLaren, F1, Le Mans. When did that compete? Late nineties, ninety seven. I want to go with. When did it finish second? Yeah, no, it would have been uh, 97, I think, but I will yeah. check. It just brings out that, oh, I remember that, or in a way does it bring that, oh, I remember that, but I don't know why. I've always watched Formula One, I don't remember that, but it just brings back happy vibes for me for some reason. 97. Oh, so right. that for knowledge. Well, it's, it's, just, it's just less usual for me to remember a motor racing statistic, isn't it? Yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad effort, is it, to be fair? I did it off the registration, I'll be honest. I was thinking that would be a P, P reg. That's a life misspent in the motor trade. It is, isn't it? Regular listeners will know we're, uh, we're well known for our cutting, thrusting edge motor industry insider chat aren't we keep your uh, thrusting least... cutting edge away from me young man we uh, we try to anyway and uh, i think car prices over the uh, the last couple of weeks and a month or so have gone a bit balmy haven't they i mean it's mm. fueled a little bit by um you know everybody reopening and demand and everybody emerging from their cavernous shells of lockdown with loads of money to spend apparently is the general wisdom not quite sure that's the the truth but yeah well, I mean, some we've, of them, we've yeah. been mentally busy at work haven't we with with selling cars i mean we can't replace them fast enough really the the stock's yeah. dwindling but it's um it's 
suddenly got very, very tricky to buy anything at, at sensible money. And all of a sudden, when, when you're looking out the window at the prices of your cars in the window, and when you're looking at auctions or trade bids or wherever you buy them from, and you see them going for more than retail, it's it's things have gone a little bit mad, haven't they? Because I was, I was umming and ahhing about what to do with my lease BMW 330e, because that's that's due up in a month or so. So I thought, well, I'll give them a buzz and and get an idea of uh, of price on it. I mean, the the book said it should be it should be around about eighteen grand, something like that. And they uh, they gave me a price of just shy of twenty one. I think it was twenty thousand nine hundred, wasn't it? But you um you saw one the same as mine go through. Well, it's the same spec as mine, wasn't it? But it was a bit more mileagey. What was that? And what did that go for? Yeah, so this was an old one. It wasn't a, a 330e. It was only a 320. Mm. And that was 76,000 miles. It was something like a... I think it, I've tempted to say it was a, a 15 or 16 plate. But it went for 3,000 more than what it should have been. The the cap value, uh, as we call it. So there, there are different... Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with this, you have... Uh, Cap Clean, which is uh, basically a, a near enough pristine car. Cap Average and, and, and Cap Crap. And if it's Cap Crap, then it's then it's obviously not worth a lot. But if it's Cap Clean, that means it's pretty much as good as you're going to get. And dealers are paying... Well, a dealer paid three grand more than what it was worth, theoretically. So goodness knows what they're doing. And, and if they're making some money at the end of it, maybe they're just that desperate for stock. But the, there are two unique problems at the moment, I think. There's one that this time last year people weren't selling cars because you couldn't or you could only just about start selling cars because of uh, click and collect and, and showrooms being shut and all the rest of it so there's a little bit less of one-year-old stuff but also this massive semiconductor issue now over lockdown everyone was buying lots of gadgets and bits and pieces that use little microchips and as a result there's been a bit of a shortage of them couple that with factories shutting down and, and a lack of production all of a sudden that's impacted the electronics in your car so Jaguar, Land Rover, Ford, Mini, basically all of them have problems at the moment supplying either a car or certain types of car or shutting down production in general. So you can't necessarily buy new stuff, which makes the old stuff worth a little bit more as well. I think it's uh, it's the perfect storm, I suppose. Good if you're selling a car and not replacing it, maybe, but not great if you're either trading them or you're looking to buy a used car at the moment because the, the values are very strong. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the odd thing's worked out really, really well in, in that respect. We bought an old-shaped Cougar, as we've uh, we've supplied quite a few Cougar plug-in hybrids, which have obviously had the, the publicised battery issue, which thankfully we're, we now seem to be at the end of, and we've we've replaced the last customer's battery, so he's disappeared off in his car quite happy and, and can charge it and see the benefits of it. But whilst um, whilst we knew that was going to go on, we thought... Uh, okay, let's let's buy. It was, it was an older shape, you know, the the previous shape, but last of the line. We'll we'll buy a Cougar that will register in our name, a second hand one, you know, rather than sticking on something brand new. And we'll we'll lend that out to customers. They can drive around at least in a Cougar rather than the the normal curtsy car fleet of KA pluses or Fiestas. We'll lend them that, and then we can do you know one car at a time because we needed it for the best part of a week. By the time we'd finished it and road tested it and charged it and made sure it was all okay. But you know, we, we bought that a few months ago, and it's it's ended up bouncing back to the the price that we paid for it. So you know, cars obviously drop in value a few quid every month, and this car was on the newer side of things, so still dropping at a reasonable amount per month. It's it's just bounced up again. So it's 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 almost been free motoring in a way. It's worth 
trade value today exactly what it was when we bought it several months ago. So it's it's an odd one. But yeah, you got that. It's not just cars, though, is it? It's iPads, it's computers, it's dishwashers, it's ovens, it's you know these these semiconductors go in absolutely everything. anything and everything that's that's yeah. electronic, pretty much. So you know, I, whatever I you're listening to, buy, to us yeah. now on, probably. Yeah, exactly. It's um yeah, I had to buy a, a dishwasher a little while ago, and that you know that that took. Two weeks to turn up, something like that, because because of, of delays in shipment. But I went to a couple of local electrical retailers, and you know they had two dishwashers in stock, and that's it. That's all they had. And you know these were some big big places where you normally expect there to be twenty five display models on the shop floor alone, plus another couple of hundred out the back. You know they had two, and that was it. It was like, do you want a white one or a white one? Well, I want a silver one, so it goes with my washing machine. And they didn't have one, and that's it. And this is unusual. And the reason why we mention this is because you don't often get standard cooking spec, non-rare, limited edition type cars. I'm not talking limited edition course because all of them are limited edition, but you know, <laughs> sports car, race car type things. You, you just don't generally get this trend. So to, to see this, this spike is unusual. So there you go. Top tip. If you're looking to sell a car, maybe look at selling it now. My RS, incidentally, my old Focus RS, uh, if I was selling that now with a lot more miles on it would be worth at least what I sold it for two years ago, which is madness. Would have depreciated nothing. Uh, in fact, I probably would have gained a couple of quid. What, even with a hole in the side of the engine? That might have harmed its value. <laughs> um, but that aside, thankfully a, a decent, reputable Ford dealer got the, the vehicle sorted for me when the bits eventually arrived. So that was fine, you know, and off it went on its way. But nevertheless, it goes to show that the, the prices are pretty strong at the moment. And they do, they do move up a, about a bit, but, but not really like this. Not really like this at all. No, oh, it's uh, it's very odd times. I mean, how how much of it is a bubble, or how much of it will be a a very gradual return to normality? In inverted commas, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I think the the cap and the book, you know, the cap value or the glasses or the book value, as we call it, that's that's kind of led by auction prices and and what people are paying. So give that a little while, and that will catch up. So the amount you're paying over book will diminish, but the book itself will increase. So it's uh, it's interesting times. But so if uh, if you're wandering past your local um, car shop and you see they're a bit bereft, it's chances are it's not because they're going out of business or they're in trouble. It's it's just nigh on impossible to buy the right cars at the right price at the moment. So we'll see how long that goes on for. But as soon as the manufacturers start making them again and you get lots of cars available on cheap PCPs, the market will once again come back to being good, I think. It's just a case of getting everything moving. And if you're buying a nearly new car, most people will buy them these days on a PCP or some kind of finance. They just do. It's 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 far rarer to buy a car outright or buy it cash because a lot of the time you can use someone else's money. It will cost you next to nothing or cost you nothing to do that. And then you can swap it for a new one if you want to. So... It means that the nearly new used cars, they're maybe not such an attractive proposition. At the moment, some people might not have that choice. If you order a, a brand new Fiesta now that isn't in stock and you have to wait till September for it, that's that's very peculiar, isn't it? That's that's not normal to have to wait that long at all. No, you want to take one off the shelf, don't you? Mm. For those people wanting to buy a car, it, it shakes things up slightly. But, um, of course, it goes the other way if you're disposing of or, or trying to sell or trade in your car for a newer car, doesn't it? So the, if the book value's gone up, that, that has an effect, I suppose. It, it does. I mean, I've seen some adverts for, for, how should we call them, car buying groups. I don't know. <laughs> so if you happen to be a, a Philip Schofield, for example, 
and you're saying to people that that car dealers prefer you to come in with cash that's not always the case because like anything if it's a, a reasonable enough car that you can then sell on there's a little bit of money in it and that helps things but the chances are that if you're buying a used car from from that from a dealer then they've had to spend a bit more on it in the first place so there's not necessarily a massive gulf where there's a huge amount of profit, which means you can get a massive discount, unfortunately. No, that's the, uh, that's the thing, isn't it? If the price of the new car's gone up, but the price of your trading has gone up, it's that's almost an irrelevance. It's uh, the it cost is. to change all the difference between the two, isn't it? And like, like with new cars and, and the finance deals, the, the new list price is almost irrelevant. It's how much is it now and how much is it in two or three years' time? What's the yep. difference between the two? That's how much it costs you over the uh, over the period so but it's out there it kind of depends if um you you might get a couple of quid more say you're trading in uh your two-year-old bmw 3 series at a bmw dealer and it's something they can put on the front and retail then yes they'll they'll probably give you a couple more quid for it as it's a good way of buying a nice bit of stock but of course they've got to prepare it if it's something three or four years and out of warranty get it to a certain standard and then stand on it if something goes wrong so it's it's a fine balance but um yeah i mean if you trade in your ka at a bmw dealership then then i wouldn't expect thousands of pounds more than they offered you a few months ago but no, i mean they're more uh, likely to literally stand on it probably but it's uh, it's like anything it pays to uh, to shop around and and do your research doesn't it and work out what what the best deal is i mean to be honest if if occasionally it's just you get a slightly better deal because it's easier for the dealer if they don't have to either dispose of the part exchange or take a risk with it or retail it not being sure if it's going to come back and bite them then it's um yeah, occasionally mm. there's a couple of quid in it for you because you make their life easier. But like anything in life, isn't it? You uh, you get the best deal if you make everybody's life easy and you're nice to people. So there you go. So if you are going back to your dealer and your car is the same make or something that's attractive to them, you're probably better off trading in, but obviously ask the question. You're not stupid, you know this. If it's uh, a car that's not the same manufacturer or it's a bit old or whatever, then probably sell it privately because you'll probably get more for it. And if it's an old snotter, then, I don't know, take it around the ring or something, blow it up. I was going to say, yeah, take the uh, strip the interior out of it and take it on a track day. That's definitely the best way of, of using a car if it's if it's old and not worth a lot of money. I was quite chuffed speaking of track days. I loved the video of the Puma ST being driven around Brands Hatch against a radio control version around the Mini Brands Hatch track i thought that was a, a cracking bit of video it was the puma st uh, obviously recently launched was uh, driven by louise cook and lee martin was in charge of the radio controlled version uh, and they just pelted around and it was obviously fastest time wins but i got really really excited because not not that you're allowed to uh, to time on a track day but last time i watched the in-car video back and, and got the stopwatch out at brands hatch i i was fairly chuffed with my time of uh, i think it was a 101.8 wasn't it around the track and yes. and i watched this video and, and the puma st did it in 101.6 i was like that's that's mightily impressive. Am I a driving god? Then I realised, of course, it was from a standing start for the Puma. But even so, I was I was fairly chuffed to get within a, a similar time, albeit crossing the line at going as fast as I could rather than a standing start. But that was a a great little watch that thing. But it it, it did kind of start the uh, the bug for radio control cars off again. I did spend a bit of time shopping around to see if you could buy one of those. Yes, you can't. And I I've asked Ford if they would kindly make one so we could race one. Not necessarily against a WRC professional racing driver, 
on a closed circuit as uh, <laughs> as the video was shot. But but you know just to, to play with down the park and smash into a curb or something uh, because let's face it that's what you do with them when you're young. But yeah, I thought it, it was it was a great video, properly entertaining and just something that wasn't watching a car driving through a city in slow motion or something, whatever you tend to get from the Citroen, Honda, whatever. Toyota adverts and you just see them driving through and people smiling and the anti-collision braking working. This was just something that was a bit more interesting for a change. That was very good and we've, we've had some more exciting news at work as well. On the, it's, well I suppose in, in essence it's a, a full-size radio-controlled car, isn't it? Instead of a radio-controller, you, uh, you sit in it. We've, uh, we've had our first all-electric vehicle delivered at last. Um, mm. Well, I say delivered, it, it turned up at the wrong dealership so we had to go up and go and get it. But um, Yes. It, uh, it was at least a good excuse to uh, to put some miles on it early doors, and uh, so this is the the Mustang Mackey. I'm I'm still not sure about calling it a Mustang. If I'm totally honest, it's it's a Mackey. You told me off for touching it. I will just point this out. We went up there, and you came in. You were really excited. You came into my office. And you said, "Let's go up and get this car." So I got the car, stood there yes. next to it. I went to do something. You said, "Don't touch it." And so you got in it, and you started playing with it and touching it, and it's mine. And that's <laughs> it's your toy now. I'm not allowed to play with it. Well, no, it's, it's going straight on my company car tax reporting, so it's uh, it's mine as far as the tax man is concerned, so it's uh, it's definitely mine. And then you gave me a KA to chase you home in. I drove you up there in the KA, so you only had to drive the KA once, so it was all right. But, but I've uh, got no problem anyway, with the KA, but anyway, it's not suitable I, for chasing I said, you in. Anyway, shut up. <laughs> it's um, it's, uh, it's quite, a, quite a wonderful thing, this, uh, this car. I mean, I... I it's an SUV, you know, the the bits that I like most about the exterior are the bits that look kind of like a Mustang if you squint, you know, the, the taillights are obviously exactly the same, the headlights are quite similar, and the, the bonnet that you are caressing in a slightly disturbing right. manner. okay, so at the edge of the bonnet, it has the sort of curve. If you imagine a, a lady sat in front of you now, or a man, depending on, on which you'd prefer... Uh, but actually, it's definitely a more feminine shape, and then sort of running your hands from the outside of their legs to the inside. It's that kind of shape. That's a lovely thought yeah. for you. And then, then washer jets. What? The initial impressions. Yeah, I'd, I like the bits on the outside that look kind of like a Mustang. I mean, I just think it would look better if it was lower, not quite so big, and sort of more focus sized and focus height. And it's an SUV. You know. We find it kind of hard to get excited about SUVs, but they're what everybody's buying, yes. so that's what uh, what everyone's making. But the interior and the way it drives is quite a breath of fresh air. I mean, there's there's definitely still work to do and bits they need to improve, but it's it's got the, the massive iPad slapped in the middle of the screen, just like Tesla do, and... Yes, I'd much prefer it if you still had some proper physical heater controls, but at least it's got a proper physical volume control in the middle of the touchscreen, which is very weird. Um, mm. But some some really unusual features and really nice things where they've they've not followed what everybody else has done, or they've done things differently, and it's and it's got to work, to be honest. And uh, in a straight line, you know, you put your foot down and the thing goes like the clappers. It's phenomenal. You know, you see a gap on a roundabout that the car will physically fit in and it just gives you that confidence to put your foot down and go because it just picks up and goes and the all-wheel drive system on it, I'm, I'm not sure all-wheel drive is totally necessary. And I think my pick of the bunch would probably just be the standard range rear-wheel drive in truth. But what a car and it's, it's just nice to have something 
exciting and new and different and and it is the future so i'm uh, i'm quite glad it's arrived it's definitely faster than a ka that's for sure so that one is 0 to 65.1 seconds range is 335 miles you can get one which has more range but rear wheel drive is 379 miles or one which has got rear wheel drive and less range which is 279 and all of those to be honest are fine because you can charge it up for 10 minutes if you've got a rapid charger and it puts 70 more miles in and this is the thing about electric cars not necessarily the mac e but electric cars generally if they support rapid charging like that then 70 miles to your next stop is okay isn't it an extra 70 miles extra boost in 10 minutes of charging and next time you're at the services time yourself from getting out of the car to getting back in the car and it's it's normally always if you do stop for a pee and a, and a cup of tea or coffee even if it's takeaway you're probably in there at least 20 minutes aren't you if not 25 minutes half an hour depending on how busy it is or even if you just have an extra wander around and stretch your legs for another 10 minutes or whatever and that that gets you to your journey you know think about the number of times you uh, you stop and you fill up with fuel and you have to physically stand there and do it the whole time so you add all of those up and if you do need to stop for half an hour extra over the course of the year i'd be very surprised the Mackie costs on the extended range what 13 14 pounds worth of electricity at home to fill up and that does you 300 and something miles well 13 14 quids worth of fuel certainly doesn't get you 300 miles so they're uh, no. they're expensive to buy i mean the, the one that we got sent the uh, the extended range all-wheel drive is uh, is sixty thousand pounds which is uh, is a lot of money especially bearing in mind the standard range rear wheel drive uh, has, has just dropped out of the government grant scheme annoyingly enough but it's it's forty one forty two thousand something like that depending on what color you have it in and I think that's not bad actually I think it's it's not bad it's better when we had the grant I was sat on the call as were you with the government explaining the reason why they suddenly have stopped and if you haven't heard the news about this or don't care I'm going to tell you anyway um the the government have stopped giving you money towards buying a car. They used to give you a few grand off if the car was less than uh, £40,000, which made it cheaper. Unfortunately, they've decided instantly to stop doing that because they've run out of money. And I, I, I kid you not, that is the reason why. They ran out of money uh, yeah. and they gave us no notice at all because they figured, hmm, OK, last time we did this, there was a little gap between about... 7pm in the morning whatever it was and people registered a load of cars and it cost them a lot of money so they decided again not to do this because otherwise they were just going to have to spend far more than they'd budgeted for which seems a bit ridiculous um, because they're obviously trying to increase the attractiveness of buying an electric car and in all, because they've now increased the attractiveness of buying an electric car you can't buy one with a grant anymore because what they're doing was working and they run out of money, but there you go. It was especially awkward when we uh, when we sold three cars to uh, to a group of mates, and and the first two got the discount, but the last guy who was umming and ahhing about the colour didn't get the grant, which was um, a bit odd. So that that made his decision on the colour. He went for the cheaper colour just to uh, to bring the gap down between the two. It's like any of this, the the government grants useful for it, but I don't know on a forty something thousand pound car, does a couple of two three grand make a difference? Again, it it's 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 had the effect of pushing up the residuals because if a new one has suddenly shot up by two or three thousand then a used one has suddenly shot up by okay not as much but the uh, the gap drops down a bit so it hasn't actually affected the monthly payments that much which is a, a good thing so don't let the lack of a plug-in grant or government grant put you off buying an electric car you know do uh, do pop down to your local dealership now you're allowed to and, and have a go in one because 
I think they'll put a smile on your face, if nothing else. Mm. But do point and laugh at the office for low-emission vehicles who have suddenly stopped giving you money off of them. Quite right, Jim. This was successful. Let's stop it. <laughs> so speaking of things, then, that are successful, so let's stop it, I reckon that's probably about time for us to end. We have got something to look forward to, though, haven't we, tomorrow? We have. We're going uh, We're going karting again for the first time in, uh, in a long time. We booked it for... What around about a month ago or something like that, and mm, then yeah. at the last minute, the government reclassified what indoor karting was from a—I think it wasn't a sport—or at one point they were allowed a time trial, but not a race or something like that. But anyway, it all got a bit mucky. Too confusing. But, um, yes, yeah. we uh, we do need to uh, to disappear off as I need to spend the rest of the evening polishing my helmet in preparation. Oh, that's a terrifying thought. Um, but it has been a delight to speak to you guys again. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you next time. Well, hopefully there will be more of us and we will find out whether Graham and David were successful in finding a unique beauty spot in which to spend the evening in their cars. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to us waffle on for yet another podcast. If you haven't done so, don't forget to check us out on the socials. You know where we are in all the normal places we're at UK Motor Talk and of course on YouTube if you want to know a bit more about The Onion. So for me, Mike, it's cheerio. From me, Jim, is goodbye. Take care. And bye. That's it, isn't it? That is it. There is no one else. It's just us. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.